The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. I'll be there for you. you. Crank that soldier boy. <laughs> Kia ora, welcome along to The Real Pod. Last week it was the dream team back together and now we are Sans Duncan again. <laughs> what do we call it when Duncan's not here? The I don't gals. know. The gals. The Jazzy gals. gals. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Janie. I'm joined by Alex Casey of The Spinoff. And this is The Real Pod, your reality TV recap and real life in New Zealand podcast. We can get back to the real life in New Zealand stuff as well now that Bachelor's over. I feel like... We were just so immersed in recaps that mm. we just didn't have the brain space to think about other things. We're only going to have a week off, though. Oh, my God. Might I remind you that Popstars oh, is starting April 12th and can't... it's going to be three nights a week. Oh, yeah, I know. We're not going to do We're not going to do two lots of podcasts still, though, are we? I mean, that's a conversation. Have off here. Welcome to the production meeting. Okay, let's get into some real news. Real news. Okay, uh, remember a story from four score and ten ago about some, <laughs> some. Um, what were they? They were bum. What did um, they call them? They were called sex asses. Sex asses. Yeah. Sex asses that were stuck in uh, Calais. In Calais. The headline was I can't remember. It was it was sex ass merchant in strife. He has I think it was a hundred thousand sex asses stuck in Calais um, due to COVID and. Yeah. It's been a real year for people in the the lust bum industry because <laughs> it's happened again. So there was a big old ship that got wedged into the Suez Canal and on board that ship, amongst I'm sure many other things, but most importantly, what they referred to this time as lust bums. <laughs> a million sex asses, rubber sex asses were on that uh, that ship. Do you know... Like, sex asses is great. Who would have thought you could top it? But lust bums. Lust bums. It's just, I, I, don't, I don't know where this trend of news, <laughs> news has come from. I don't know what it says. But I just love it. I love it a lot. And I also wonder how much lust bums slash sex ass news there might have been um, before this that we just didn't, we weren't aware of because it wasn't until COVID and yeah. the ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal that it really came to our attention, you know. It's created kind of like a little mo- mini moral panic. It actually has. Yeah. There was another one that I saw uh, about a, a, a man in the UK who someone had a surplus. <laughs> someone had a surplus and he's like, I'll take this off your hands, mate. And he broke lockdown doing door-to-door sex hour sales and he made like £100,000. There a third Sex there might story. even be more. <laughs> They're all out there on Twitter. The Twitter's chronicling them in a, in a huge way. Please let us know if you hear of any last bum news. Um, in other real news, Jeremy Wells, a.k.a. Newsboy, if you're of a certain age, that I am, uh, he posted a, a, a letter that he received from a Sensing Murder fan in 2005 on his Instagram. Wow. And it's um, all, all caps, very nice penmanship. And here is what it says. You had everything and you made fun of Deb Webber, one of God's chosen few. Now you will be taught the biggest lesson of your life from everything to nothing. Skid Row, here you come. And if you don't have medical insurance, it's too late. God always gets revenge for his own. Oh, 
My God. Wait, so why is he posting that now? Uh-huh. Just found it, just unearthed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he just uh, he just discovered it at the bottom of a drawer. He, uh, yeah, he made it. He didn't end up on Skid no. Row. No, <laughs> Skid Row, of all things. And medical insurance. I mean, it's it's not a long letter, but it's got a lot of content in there, you know? Don't really, mess with the psychics, man. That's what I've learned. Really use the economy of language. Um, is, 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 are psychics God's chosen few, though? I would feel like... Very much I, yeah. flies in the face of uh, I think that they Christian ethos. Would be considered sort of satanic. <laughs> oh, it's my notifications. I just, I just turned them off. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, anyway. they communicate with angels, and what are angels to God if not His friends? Definitely mates. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely get together for a Barbie every now and again. We need to hear from Deb. I think. Well, she she wouldn't she'd know all about it, right? Because yeah. she's a. She, she knows things. She's probably talking to us right now. I just can't can't get her. Hey, I've got some batch news, but I don't know if I can. You, you can't talk about batch news, so just use you just zip it for a second. Mm-hmm. Someone um, posted in the Real Pod corner that they'd seen Jack and Lexi's stories while they were both at Explore, and she posted a pic saying, "Come find me," and he posted one saying, "You'll find me here." So that's all. It's just just throwing it out there. We're still to hear from the cast of both The Bachelorette and The Bachelor at the after the final row special, which I believe is coming next week. So let's see what's going on. That's interesting. Mm. I love that that flirtatious exchange is basically, where will I meet you? At the coffee club. <laughs> <laughs> but it's floor edition. And definitely uh, kind of deliberately made public, you know? Mm. I saw uh, Ben Blackwell from Maths. Oh, yes, you did. At Burger King downtown. You didn't recognise him because of his hairdo. <laughs> He's got long, luscious locks now. Mm. How do you know this? Bec- oh, he posted your conversation in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> he breached your privacy. Oh, hey, I'm breaching his. Breach away. <laughs> it's a double breach. <laughs> oh, I forgot that you're not on Facebook at the moment. <laughs> Hilarious. Now, Chris Jensen uh, from Maths, this current season, the guy with the tattoos oh, that we both fancied yes. and who's now no longer on the show, um, was apparently arrested on drug charges prior to his appearance. And, okay, so here it is. He, the, uh, the Korean male alleges that he's facing one count of trafficking dangerous drugs and serious organised crime. <gasps> he was set to appear in a Brisbane Supreme Court on March the 24th, but the matter was adjourned to April 23. So it feels like... That would have all maybe crossed over into some of their shooting time. Yeah, that seems really dodge. Yeah, it says Chris had reportedly been granted Supreme Court bail, which is why he was able to star in the show. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to go back very far to check someone's yeah. criminal history if they're currently awaiting trial. Wow. So what were the charges again? Is he uh, trafficking, trafficking dangerous drugs and serious organised crime? I thought it was fly <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe two weeks, two maybe weeks drugs, two weeks drill. It's the perfect, the perfect kind of job to be trafficking, right? Anyway, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. That's it for the real news, but we do have some cranny content, so let's step into Colin's cranny. Colin's cranny. Colin's cranny. Colin's cranny. 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 Now, Colin Mathura Jeffrey, star of stage and screen and magazine. <laughs> Uh, he's the topic of Colin's cranny. If you're new around here, just in case you didn't know, uh, we well, just—I don't know—we quite. He's friend of the pod. He's friend of the pod. He's a lovely character, and we just like to check in and see what he's doing every now and again. He's—he's he's he's our angel. Yeah, pod yeah. angel. And he's really leaned into just mostly talking about food, or at least that those are the ones we pick up on. And yeah. uh, this week, in big cranny news, Colin says, "I had a pineapple lump ice cream. It's a healthy choice." <laughs> He's right. Well, it's fruit. <laughs> it's fruit. And, and it's fruit done two ways because you've got ice cream and jelly. I haven't had it yet. I know it's you It's really good. I highly recommend it. I think in terms of all the like repurposed chocolate bar to ice cream experiments that we've had, it's definitely better than the um, peanut slab one. And I like it better than even like your old crunchy that people, I think, rose tint. Right. But it's not that good. Pineapple lump bar, surprising bit of jelly, nice creamy ice cream. Like lovely thick shell. You know what I love? A Snickers ice cream bar. Where are you getting that though? Well, I was getting them in, in LA. Uh, um, check your privilege, mate. Yeah, sorry. Did you know that I lived in LA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skid Row. Did probably. you know that I used to be on the telly? <laughs> I apologise. 
reality checks and maths. I have four ways to decide I'm going to drop my entire I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. Reality <laughs> check. Okay, we're just going to race through the commitment ceremony because it feels like an age ago. So Sunday night's commitment ceremony, Book and Brett stay, Chris and Jamie stay. But not for long. Fake, fake. Um, Belinda and Patrick stay. Jake and Beck stay, Liam and Georgia stay, and well, like everyone stays except for Joe and James, right? Yeah. Joe and ja- um, James cranks out his Gucci cardigan, which I've never seen before. Yeah. But I felt like he knew he was going and just wanted a last-minute reminder that he is very rich. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not great taste, you know? No, and he wouldn't admit he's a fuck-up in the commitment ceremony. John Aitken called him out in his gaslighting, and he's just like, eh, and that is a couple that I'm quite happy to see leave the show. Yeah, he really turned on us. I did like in the background, I don't know if you noticed, during the gaslighting thing, there was just a small flickering lamp that was oh. right behind James. And I was like, that is maison I was going to say maison <laughs> We thing. don't talk enough about maison <laughs> on this podcast. It's the only thing I remember from my film and television paper at university. Me oh, too. That, that in film noir. Film noir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like a film blur. <laughs> it was a very strange week this week, actually. Also on the commitment ceremony, we learned that with Bryce and Melissa that she's just petrified he will leave her. I mean, I think we sensed this, but she basically said it out loud. And I don't know, they just played out that whole the girl, girlfriend on the outside thing. <laughs> <laughs> the girl on the outside. Yeah. Uh, she's just... Also, Bryce, like, is so angry at Beck still for bringing it up. He couldn't even say her name. Like, they're like, who, who started the rumour, Bryce? He's like, the woman in pink. <laughs> He's just such a little shit. <laughs> um, Melissa says that she doesn't listen to anyone except Bryce, which seems, oh, fraught. <laughs> yeah. Classic abusive thing, right? Yeah. To be like, it's just you and me against the world. We're a team. Yes. Don't listen to anyone else. Yeah. Like, he's actively isolating her and she's taking it all in because of her abandonment issues that oh we know about. It's so ugly and horrible. The other significant thing that happened in the commitment ceremony to my mind was with Alana and Jason, who seem to be, have just been like, they've just been like, bonking like rabbits this whole time. And then suddenly... <laughs> He's she's initiating everything. He thinks her sex drive is stronger than his. Um, and he's like, there's no spark. My feelings mm. aren't growing. It seemed to be out of nowhere. Right? Yeah, it really did. And what I liked is for the whole commitment ceremony, actually, they did it with someone else, but they really sat in the silence in the edit. And it was just like Alana and Jason sitting there and the experts staring at them being like, what's going on Well, that's here? how I felt too. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe you're right. It's like we've got four episodes at an hour ten each, but we still don't have enough of some people to see this actually happen. Like, yeah. I feel like kind of the same with Booker and Brett a little bit. I mean, I've already painted a mental picture of the girlfriend on the outside. So what I do think, you got? <laughs> well, she's blonde. What colour are her eyes? Her eyes are blue. Yeah. They're very striking blue. And you just get lost in them. <laughs> <laughs> and she's currently waiting for a gift mm. from Bryce. Huge Muppets fan as well. <laughs> Particularly Gonzo. Um, are we going to talk about blue balls or what? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a global term. <laughs> I feel like Duncan manifested blue balls because he talked about it on the pod last week as like frigid being one of those things that you just don't hear anymore. Yeah. Next minute, Johnny's like, hello, I got blue balls. <laughs> and Alessandra, because she'd not heard the term frigid, was like, ah, blue balls, that's an international term. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I problematic. I feel like we shouldn't be laughing about that. It's not like sorry for laughing. No, no, not as like that. I think it's a serious health issue. I feel like it's that gross thing of like frame sex is something that men like deserve and yeah. is something that needs to be remedied by a woman asap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think about that because I'm a bad person. <laughs> and now that you say it, well, no, it surprised me that Alessandra was kind of on board with it. But hey, you know, I think probably. No, I don't know. I've got I've got nothing to say that doesn't sound problematic. <laughs> I was just I, I was just thinking that you know it seemed to be Kerry wasn't it was all in good humor. I don't yeah. feel like I think she's a strong enough person. Yeah, she's clearly not just gonna give it away. Like she's no. she's happy to <laughs> to do it in her own time and that they have a little joke about it. I hope that's the case anyway. Yeah, it's feedback week, Alex. Yes. 
And there's a lot of feedback. <laughs> In many forms, letter form, cinema form. <laughs> <laughs> Who should we start with? Do you have any feelings? Um, should we start with, uh, you know what, we should start with Chris and Jamie because then we can just put them in the bin. Put them in the bin. Oh, I'm sad about the criminality. I know, it ruins everything because he was a hottie and also he was unfairly treated by Jamie. Yes, yeah, so they had a massive fight and he said that kind of off camera after the commitment ceremony, she had said things including, stop being so nice to me because you you're making me look like a yeah. bitch. Yeah. Um, and she denied all of it. He also said that he's um, she's only out for herself and she's not the person she's pretending to be on camera. And there must be a significant amount of stuff going on when the cameras are off mm. because she was definitely a little bit annoying and precious. Mm-hmm. But it, again, sort of came out like, seems like we missed an event or we missed something Yeah, uh, that led to this, to the point where he was just like, um, I don't want to be on the show. Or maybe mm-hmm. he's like, I have a court date. <laughs> <laughs> really got to bust out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I feel complicated about this now that I know that he's uh, on the run from the law. <laughs> but I, I like the way that Chris expresses his emotions very yeah. plainly, very simply. He's just like, you are treating me badly. This is wrong. Yeah. I don't deserve this. Yeah. I'm leaving. Yeah, and it was like they were only on the show for five minutes, so it mm. wasn't a, a clawing at fame experience for him. No. Nah. Again... The news we know now does reframe everything a touch. Uh, but in the moment when I was watching that and I didn't know about all the drug trafficking and such, I really believed him. Mm. I really believed him. I thought he was there to find love and that it was clearly not going to happen. And so he didn't look around the room and see if there was another option. He was just like, this is it. I'm out of here. Yeah. And also, no one else has just been able to leave in the moment like that, right? They've always had to kind of stick it out till the very... Uh formal commitment ceremony. I think it has happened before, Mm. but not in this season. And I think it often is something that like the experts get involved in and they're like, someone's written leave and someone's written stay. And they're like, this is clearly actually not going to work. So we're not going to make you stay. Right. But that's, yeah, it's it's rare. It's not like all the women walking off Moses' season of The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) So no comment. (laughs) Let's go to Belinda and Patrick. Oh, my gosh. What a sexed-up week. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> God, dear. I love Belinda's descent into crochet clothing. That outfit for the dinner party. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to skip straight to the dinner party, but what a choice. What a choice. It's I don't know how to describe it. feels like something that um, like Barbie active wear. Totally. <laughs> Malibu Barbie. Where did she get it? Or is it like festy wear? You know, is it like I don't know, from Boohoo or something like that? It's not a festy dinner party. <laughs> Everyone else is in cocktail dresses <laughs> and in rolls Belinda in like orange and yellowy striped uh, crop top and hot pants. Hot pants. Amazing. And the kind of like textured, like not, I yeah. don't know, not that that makes any difference, but it's just, I don't know, there's nothing formal about it. And yet at the same time, it's such a statement outfit. Yeah. And at the same time, Patrick's wearing his bright watermelon shirt. He instantly blew out his pits in like five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I just love that they're both in their like sexy outfits because they maybe got to second base. Well, <laughs> and what is second base though? What is second base? <laughs> Something with hands. What? Something with hands. <laughs> Something with hands. <laughs> not like on, hands on boobs? Hands on boobs? Mm. Hands on downstairs Something. or just upstairs? It might be down. Might be I down. thought it was just upstairs. I thought first base was kissing. You don't have to whisper. I think you do. It defeats the purpose of the <laughs> podcast. Second base is hands on upstairs. No. No? And downstairs. What's third base then? I don't make me say it. <laughs> Mouth stuff. <laughs> Mouth stuff. Oh, my God. I'm dying. I'm dying. Wait, is fourth base home base? I used to play softball. Uh, first base, second yeah. base, third base, There's not like a fifth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Shit. Anyway. How did they get there? Let's talk about that. Okay, they did some nude sketching. They did some lovely nude sketching and an erotic massage. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that was full on. Again, that hark back to Bachelor NZ when, oh, sorry, Bachelorette NZ when Hamish gave Lexi a, a very non-erotic erotic massage mm. and um, I guess uh, Belinda and her maybe nervousness and anxiety about physical touch thought she'd 
have some fun with it. Uh, she punched nipples. She stomped on Patrick's back. She was punching him. She stuck her finger in, finger in the air. Finger in the air is fifth base. <laughs> that to me is the most intimate thing a person can do. You're on the bench. Okay. Um, and yes, so the, the, the painting, paint me like one of your French girls. <laughs> Patrick was so into all this. He loved it. He was just, I'm turned on. Yeah, he he, um, he really wants to progress things physically, mm-hmm. but he's not yet used the term blue balls to his credit. No. But he's made it very clear yes. that he finds his wife highly attractive and ready when you are kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, not a great artiste. <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> Amazing stick figure, smiley face, like weird pointy arms. He Loved did this. It. it was one bit where she sat, she's laid out on the sofa and she's got her underwear on, like red underwear that he was finding very, very exciting. And then she had her long hair draped over her bosoms. <laughs> and he went to draw her and he just does this big circle and she just was like, is that my face? She can't see it. But she could tell by what he was doing. <laughs> He's basically doing the beginning of a smiley face or a stick person. Oh, I loved it. And I he was just like, he was like, I'm not here for that. I'm but. not even looking at the page. <laughs> just need to get it done. And she had to draw him in several poses as he stood there. He put, um, for, for modesty purposes, he put the wedding photo in front of his Fits. Yeah. But she did get to see the full bum. Bum, which yeah. she had not seen before. Yeah. And she's, she's like, yet to see his thing, quote unquote. <laughs> but I don't know whether that changed. <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't, don't know. know. It depends on your definition of second base. Is it fine to know this stuff about people? You know, to be talking about this. Well, they put it on the telly. I know, but. It's no. our job. It is our job. We're it is literally our job. just recapping what happened. I know. Uh, we're not saying anything that people don't already know because it was broadcast <laughs> all over Australia and New Zealand. That's true. There was a good voiceover line as well, which for the first time felt like the narrator has a personality where she was like, is that an iceberg ahead or is Patrick just happy to see her? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Booker and Brett had a not such a great week this week. That's a bit of an understatement. Yeah. I had a shocker. Booker got in her head. Focused on the negative, did classic Booker, like, spreadsheet sort of Punnett Square situation <laughs> of the good and the bad of Brett. What did she call the two categories? It was, like, the sick and the, the sick and the... Suck. Suck. Sick and the suck? <laughs> I don't know. And I things was like, that are sick, things that suck. I'm not the clear. kind of person who uses sick in the way that... Ma- like, if you're sick, you're, like, you're not at work. Go home, yeah. Go home. <laughs> Please don't have gastro. You know, that's what sick is to me. So it threw me for a moment, and then I realised, of course, she's in a rock band. So sick means sick. Something's awesome. <laughs> the thing that she thought was sick, him buying her tampons, that's the only thing I wrote down from the list. I was watching a very low-res version, and I couldn't really make it out. <laughs> I mean, that is that is nice. That is that's nice. just doing the groceries. It is just doing the groceries. It is just doing the groceries. Probably shouldn't be celebrated, but, you know, progress. <laughs> They go to the theatre. They go to watch a lovely movie and they get there and it's uh, it's Brett's parents and Booker's parents giving Amazing. them some Zoom feedback. And they were exactly as you'd expect. Booker's yep. parents extremely serious, wanting to plumb the depths of emotion and Brett's parents are like, are you having a laugh? <laughs> <laughs> the advice from Brett's parents is to lighten up and enjoy yourselves and Booker's parents are like, it's okay to have those intense conversations. And, of course, they're just sticking up for their children. Yes. Uh, these family members have all seen the last three commitment ceremonies. I don't feel that there's been a lot of drama in terms of Booker and Brett, but that is about to change because Patrick throws a fucking spanner in the works like you've never seen. How did Patrick not see that this could actually work out pretty badly for Brett? Like he's trying to help his friend, but he just, he like pulled up the bus, mm-hmm. he lined uh, Brett up, just laid him right out down there, and then he backed up the bus and ran over him, and then back again and over him and back again. And this is in relation to a letter mm. that Patrick and um, Belinda, Belinda put together to give advice on how yeah, so how couple and Brett could improve their relationship. The couples were asked to give feedback, and they—I honestly just think Patrick is so horned up. 
and confused that he just wants to get through all the tasks <laughs> so he can go back to looking at his lovely stick figure picture. <laughs> How he worded it was really brutal, though, like yes. exceptionally brutal. Even Bryce and, and Melissa, who are doing the same exercise with Beck and Jake and vice versa, those couples were pretty, like, generous with mm. their advice. Mm. They were quite diplomatic and calm about it. Patrick was like... Booker, you are the worst. You think the world revolves around you. All, All you, you do, do is talk about your band <laughs> and how smart you are and how high your IQ is. Not just talk about your band, but about how great Good your, your band, band is. Yeah. And then, like, that's the difference between me going, hey, I, I'm a podcast manager. I make podcasts. And going, I make great podcasts. I'm an awesome. That's true. <laughs> Get it every Monday morning at the meeting, for God's sake. Oh, stop. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, and most and, importantly, but perhaps a bit lost on Booker was that she doesn't spend any time getting to know Brett and what's important to him. Mm. And the big thing being that there's no way Patrick could have known all of this without Brett. Yes, saying it. Yes. So Booker, you know, calls that out immediately. But it just has like a really huge strop as well. I mean, yeah. it was really harsh. It was really harsh. But I feel like maybe it had to get to that point for her to see Brett's point of view or something like maybe. that. Maybe I think. That had Patrick worded it differently, mm-hmm. he could have got there. Had it been, I've observed that, you know, Brett has plenty to offer to the relationship and perhaps you could spend more time getting to know him. That might have been a nicer way to put it rather than yeah. you're so self-absorbed, <laughs> you never ask Brett any questions about himself. True. You think the world revolves. And so I, I find this tricky because, yes, Booker, on the surface, her reaction was quite extreme and then when they were asked she was asked to do a dinner that was all about Brett uh, she really took the piss mm. and used it to kind of you know serve some some barbs but I also see her where she's I see yeah. why she's really hurt. It was a really personal attack. It was a really personal attack and it was also as you say information that really could have only come from Brett it's not the kind of stuff you would necessarily have observed at dinner parties or commitment ceremonies. And outside of those, she really had nothing to do with Patrick. Yet, Brett and Patrick are, like, best buddies on the show. Best buddies. She used a lot. So what they did, they set the challenge that she has to do a whole night that's all about Brett and she's not allowed to talk about herself. Even, like, putting that in there, you know, just be like, have a night celebrating Brett and yeah. get to know him a bit better. You don't have to add the extra bit. She printed out, like hundreds of photos of Brett and stuck them all around the apartment. She, ma- she like, made the sign on the door say, Brett, Brett and Brett. I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> there were, like, touches of it I liked. And then she even recorded an original song called Brett. Which I also really liked. The lyrics being Brett, 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 Brett. I think it was, it had, it, had she done it with actual humour, because she kept saying it was a joke and we just don't have the same sense of humour. But it definitely wasn't. Like, it was a completely <laughs> acidic. But had had it just been a joke that Brett was kind of in on, and they still had a nice dinner and still perhaps did get to know Brett, then it kind of would have been funny and yeah. fun, and perhaps in line with Brett's desire for everything to be light and fluffy. But it really wasn't. It was too tense. It was so <laughs> He tense. didn't even smile at any point, and she just, like, wouldn't. Wouldn't back down from the joke. We'll get on to more of how that played out at the dinner party. Now let's talk about Alana and Jason. So they go to the movies and they get into an argument in front of their families. Oh, no. (laughs) And... I don't know. I felt like Jason acted like a, a bit of a dick in, in the theatre. Was this the argument that was like Alana was mad that he wasn't talking to her because he was asleep? Yes. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Yeah. So she she had, I think, it, it actually sounded from what he said like she'd tried to initiate some physical stuff and he was asleep. Mm. And he, he just wasn't interested. And then, I don't know, it turned into a big thing. And then... Then they apologise, and then they do some mood boards. But then she cooks dinner in her lingerie. (laughs) And everything's fine again, and somebody's gagging for it again. Yeah, Uh, they're not going to last, are they? I don't (laughs) think so. I feel like a lot of their relationship, what connects them is based around sex, Mm -hmm. but only when Jason's up for it. Mm. They do like the the vision board, because they both prioritise family, and he cried about his nieces. That was quite nice, but 
doesn't really seem like they're really thinking about that together as something they're going to do. No, it's just something they both want to do with someone in the future. And he, it was a really sort of display of emotion from him. It would be nice if he displayed some emotion in the relationship, not just about the people on the outside. <laughs> uh, Liam, and the Geor- Liam and Georgia went to, did the because of course they're new so they're like racing through some of the intimacy it's, it's all gone <laughs> yeah. like crazy some people are doing feedback week some people are doing intimacy week and uh, they did the photo challenge the return of the hot or not challenge why <laughs> in God's name do these guys not put their wives at number one too long a pause Liam <laughs> like just sitting there going ah and he's like moving it around, and then he he puts he puts Kerry at number one, and then he puts Georgia at number two, and he was like, "Oh, this is what it would be like on the outside." So much outside chat. Are they I in know. prison? I know. <laughs> I'm also just wary of him sort of being like she's just like got a really natural look. I don't know. Yeah. I find that always quite weird when people say that. He I was he it was quite pointed because obviously yeah. Georgia she she likes to play with makeup. She loves pink, which is you know like a, a color that's I don't know like somehow synonymous with being like mm. I don't know artificial or something. And he then try when she gets upset. She then, he then tries to backtrack. He's like, oh, look, it's a tie. Yeah, he's like, actually, it's neck and neck. Yeah. If I saw you at a bar, I'd come up to both of you at the same time. Great. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> he said, I come up to you both at the same time because she's got natural looks and you're good too. <laughs> <laughs> he also pulled out the thing that he normally goes for brunettes. Men of the world listening to this, don't tell your love interest that you'd normally go for a different eye colour or a different hair colour or a different height or a different fashion style or anything, particularly things mm. that people are just born with. <laughs> uh, that's not the honesty that women want from It's you. not the honesty <laughs> that women want. And also it's, you know, just it feels – I think they think that they're doing you like they're trying to give you a compliment. Like I normally go for this, but I'm going for you. Which yeah, is so I'm, weird. I'm being so brave. <laughs> like this is really scary for me. It's not <laughs> a compliment. It was very funny and I think maybe our David Brent moment when Liam was – rotating the photos, going, it could be this, it could be that, it could be either of you, it could be anything. <laughs> like, just really panic. Yeah, total panic. The damage was already done in that long pause holding her photo, though. It was already done. She puts Johnny first and then puts Liam in front. Again, like all the other wives have. And, yeah, he, he just, they, they Liam apologises and they make up and it's fine and I'm happy that they're back on track. Yes. Who next? Bex and Jake? Bex and Jake. Oh, There was a fight, wasn't there? There was a fight. She told him allegedly to shut the beep up. We know he doesn't like swearing. He does not like swearing at all. Um, So they came into their VIP cinema screening um, coming in very hot. Yeah. Also, (laughs) let's just, she also completely denied at all swearing. Yeah. She totally denied it. That's right. And I just find it interesting that she's doing exactly what Bryce she accuses Bryce of, which is like completely denying something that clearly is fact. <laughs> yeah, considering she thinks she's like the fat, you know, she's all about the Bryce's gym story and the truth there. <laughs> it's just cool to see just growing adults lying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a throwback. <laughs> this was the craziest theatre experience. Oh. It, it was Beck's mum and brother and Jake's sister-in-law and mum and I predict these guys are not going to be getting together for a barbecue anytime soon. Bex's mum, the most infuriating person on the planet. Oh, my God. She just went all in on Jake and was like, so I hear you went out with the boys and has that kind of destructive behaviour continued? Mm -hmm. What about the context of the fact that that had like a really, I think it was after a commitment ceremony that was quite tense and he just, you know, she'd been quite mean to him. That's it right. come out about how he was, like, boring yeah, and sucks, sucks the, the life out of him. And, <laughs> and so, you know. That's not destructive. That's constructive. Right. <laughs> I see. I'm starting to see the difference. <laughs> and just keep going. What, she was, what was it that she was saying? Can I please cut in here? Can I please cut in here? Like, just so entitled, dominating the conversation. But then Bex also pulling out this crazy line that 
they had been the top couple at the start of the experiment. Yeah. Uh, in what world? She hated him the moment she looked at him. That's true. The moment he looked at her and went, ooh. <laughs> and she went, oh, my God, objectifying me. <laughs> sex on a stick. Uh, also, was she sex on a stick or was Alana sex on a stick? Oh, somebody sex sticks. I, I don't know. Sex on a stick. Anyway, it was, what was really interesting as well was Beck conversing with her family as if Jake and his family were not in the room. Yeah. You know, like kind of just drawing them in and being like, yeah, and he does this and he does that. And it just was super, super uncomfortable. And, of course, then Jake's family defend him. And it just becomes an all-in shit fight. Mm. I mean, it was very sad to hear the family be like, you look like a broken man, yeah. especially knowing his kind of history with mental health and stuff. Like, that would be of huge concern of to course. them. And yet Bex just doesn't seem to pick up any of that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just they're just living on different planets. And then afterwards, so there was sort of an apology, which was something along the lines of, I'm sorry that you took things the wrong way. (laughs) I have really, I have to say from reality TV, I have really started apologising to people in a different way. Really? So when I would normally be like, Alex, I'm sorry that you felt that way. I'm just like, I'm sorry I did that thing. Mm. I'm sorry I hurt you. That's interesting. I am sorry, Alex. Yeah. For what? Everything. Oh, no, Jane. We've had a nice, we've had a good run. <laughs> no need for that. Stay, stay. <laughs> uh, Jake is like, I think she's a great person. She's just not for me. I'm done. But he's not, as it turns out. They they sort of they figure, they figure <laughs> yeah. it all out. I just could not believe they came back from this, to be perfectly honest with you. There was that amazing bit when it was like, she said, I'm so- sorry, not sorry. And... He said, oh, that's really nice. That's actually the first proper apology I've had from you on the show. And she was like, no, it's not. (laughs) Just like immediately going back in. It's just insufferable. But, yeah, they got their letter from who? Was it Melissa and Bryce? Yeah. Relationship experts, Melissa and Bryce, who said that they need to swap lives. Swap lives. Now, what does it mean to swap lives? Does it just mean to swap outfits? Swap clothes. (laughs) And do impersonations of each other? Yeah. And it worked a bloody treat. I actually, like, kind of loved them both in this moment. Yeah, it was really good. And they were able to take the piss out of each other. And it brought them back together. They had a good lull. And, you know, ended up going to the dinner party in, like, quite a good space. Mm. Considering what just a disaster their theatre experience was. Maybe it was just, like, cathartic. And they were like, okay, this is definitely over. You know, like, yeah, there's just, just be no friends. way. We, we might as well just have fun in yeah. the last moment. True, drum, true. Drum on the toaster for a while. Okay. <laughs> a, like a long, a long, long drum. Oh, we have to talk about Bryce and Melissa. Oh, dear. Okay, so, oh, my God, I've got so many notes on these trying I can't be bothered. They go to the theatre. Again, not such a great time. Instant, I mean, as if Bryce wasn't just covered in red flags already. He walks in and immediately goes, want to put my feet up on the seat? Oh, <laughs> yuck. Gross. It's just like, oh, I mean, I don't have any shoes on right now, but I think that's different. That's fine. I think you have to respect a cinema space as a former cinema attendant. You do. And also another tell was when they find out that the families have watched the commitment ceremonies, Melissa's face just dropped. Mm-hmm. Now, if she, if she truly believed her husband was a stand-up guy and had not done anything wrong. Two of them against the world. Two of them against the world, and had presented himself in a way that was perfectly acceptable. This shouldn't have been an issue, but she mm. knew that he's an A-class douchebag and mm-hmm. that her family were going to think that. Um, and Bryce's parents, <laughs> bless them, they schooled him. It was amazing getting told off by mum. Yeah. She was like, you're a puffed-up little rooster. <laughs> I don't know why she's still sitting next to you. And she was like... You were dumb to put Melissa Forth in the photo rank. You should have just lied, which is what we've been saying. I mean, honestly, let's get Bryce's mum on the pod. (laughs) (laughs) She seems in tune with us. (laughs) Mum says the experts have picked his personality exactly, saying he's defensive, outspoken. They've given you advice and you're not listening and you are embarrassing Melissa. In all honesty, I don't know why she's sitting next to you at this point. Incredible. But then, of course, cuts to Bryce in his interview going, 
oh, mum doesn't know what she's talking no. about. In one ear and out the other because she hasn't seen the full story. She yeah. hasn't seen us happy. When have we seen Bryce and Melissa happy? Only Genuinely. They're, they're only, they fake it. I mean, they fake it. They, it's like they convince themselves. It's all just pep talks of Bryce, as you say, saying us against the world. Mm. It's only made our relationship stronger. And Melissa kind of nervously nodding and smiling and just hoping like hell he won't leave her. And they're always drinking a weird juice. I haven't noticed. You've got to keep an eye on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melissa's family are really sad that she seems so sad. And she's like, I'm disappointed they only see the sadness. She's mm. like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. She's like, I couldn't be happier. Like crying, basically. <laughs> and then Bryce says he doesn't have any regrets. Uh-huh. He, in all his just insane behavior, there's nothing he would do differently. He's wow. been true to himself. <laughs> That's so awful. Anyway, they get f- some feedback from Beck and Jake, basically saying Bryce is controlling. Yes, Bryce is using her fear of him leaving of him leaving to his advantage, and that he's destructive in confrontation. Um, I think Bry- Bryce struggles to say the word, <laughs> struggles to say the word manipulative. Is that right? It was manipulative. Yeah. So he doesn't think that he can be manipulative <laughs> because he can't say it. Manipulative can barely say the word, so don't think I am. <laughs> They give Mel complete control over Bryce for 24 hours. And, again, I don't think this was played out exactly the way it was intended. She dresses him up, like, in an embarrassing way with hair clips and so on Mm. and and clothes that he doesn't want to wear, and then they go out for a drink. That's it, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, he he was, like, a good sport about it, but that's not really... Complete control in terms of everything that you do and the conversations that you have and the important stuff they actually need to address. No. Also, did you notice they played the Curb Your Enthusiasm thing? Yes, I did notice that. Is that even allowed? Well, it also was quite random because it's like there was nothing about their situation that's anything like Curb Your Enthusiasm. No. Nothing about it is funny or fun or anything. The only thing I can think of is maybe the curb music is actually like buried deep in a vault of um, just like file music mm. that comes under like a general license and someone just picked it out going, oh, this is quirky. Got to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to the dinner party. Kia ora. Justin Giovanetti here and I'm the political editor at The Spinoff. This podcast, like so much of the work we do at The Spinoff, is made possible by the support of our members. To find out more about The Spinoff members and how you can help us keep producing quality, independent journalism, visit members.thespinoff.co.nz and do it today. Before we get there, a few weeks ago I said I was going to talk about some fashion stuff with you and we, did, we ran out of time. Oh, yes. Can we address it now? Yes. None of the guys are wearing socks. Ah, uh, there's no socks. Sockets, well, of course. Yeah, a bare ankle is what I'm saying. Is a very uh, strong trend. It's about a short pant. The pant needs to be mid calf. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you're Liam. A capri length. <laughs> yeah, I think they've got to be. Ha- there's got to be some sockets lurking. Even Chris, even Chris even with Chris. his crazy hair, was uh, was still a fan of the bare ankle. What do you think it is? It's very Elizabethan. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) The the train driver hats? Yes, those are bad. (laughs) They've got names. They've got like, I looked at them. What's a Baker Boy? Yeah, it's a Baker Boy. There's so many. There's like a fish, a mariner's hat. There's like 16 different names for this one kind of hat. And everyone's wearing them. Mm. Uh, Also, including on the Bachelor in Z, by the way, Annie was wearing one too. So that's your hot tip for 2021. Little Baker Boy hat. Baker Boy. Uh, oh tiny, tiny backpacks. Booker, tiny backpacks. Coco and Alana all wearing the Raver backpacks. Mm. What is this, like, turn of the millennium fashion? Is uh, that what we're seeing now? I, I don't know. Kind of, like, why, why carry a backpack if it, you can only fit your keys and your wallet in it? I don't know. you got to fold up your Baker Boy hat, put it in there. <laughs> and, of course, everything Belinda wears. A lot of also, like, a sort of a bustier. Yeah. You know, yeah. I would call it. And then like a sleeve. A puffy sleeve that's, that's detached. No shoulders. not attached. Yeah. Yeah. How uh, does that work? I, 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 it's funny you say that because when uh, Beck walked into the cinema, I was looking at her top that was basically like a boob tube, but then it has big puffy sleeves that aren't on the shoulder. And I'm like, are they a separate thing or are they attached? I'd almost want them separate because if there's sort of like a thread connecting them 
Does that limit your movements? Well, What's the situation? Uh, yeah, but also it gives you options if, the, if they're detachable, right? Like you can go, I'm just going to go boob tube or I'm going to jazz it up. One with off, some, one um, on. Yeah. Use anyway. them as um, uh, pants, um, calf pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you could do? If your husband turns up wearing his capris, you could add a little flair from your from your arm sleeves. Many options. Um, Kerry had a great outfit. I thought while we're doing fashion review, that yeah. like little black dress, and I thought she just um, oh at the dinner party, she was rocking the dinner party. Yeah, I really yeah. love Kerry. Yeah, so I, I really love Kerry and Johnny as a unit as well. I know you have some, I don't know, concerns about Johnny and, and potential. Oh, I think it's fine. I just think we need to interrogate blue balls as a concept. Okay, a bit more. Okay. Um, so the dinner party basically is all about Booker and Brett and Patrick, and Patrick is <laughs> shitting carrots like he's never <laughs> shat before. So sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy knocking over everything. Uh, he was just, he knew that Booker was going to come for him. Again, another reason why maybe you don't write the kind of letter that you did. And then, of course, they got sat next to each other at the dinner table, and the experts were like, oh, Oh, surprise. Yeah. Like, come What's on. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't see how Patrick didn't understand it would cause major, major chaos. I, yeah. I mean, do you think he's susceptible to a producer going, just let rip, mate? Yeah. Just be honest. Like, it'll be okay. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that this wasn't, this wasn't just fly on I the wall. I just can't imagine he would do that on his own. And I don't think he fully thought through the consequences and what it would mean for Brett and how it would hurt Booker's feelings. Yeah, because I think when we first met Patrick, we were kind of presented someone who was awkward socially and so on. But he really, he actually isn't. No. I think he does understand some of, you know, the the subtleties of how you communicate with people and the effects that those that have. So, yeah, the producer input is, is the most likely culprit here. Poor guy. Bryce isn't interested in any drama tonight, though. And actually, he didn't, didn't really engage. Yeah. Just going to have a quiet one? Quiet night in at the library? Yeah. Not. Uh, so they really had a strong conversation in the car on the way to the dinner dinner party that they didn't want to have any drama. They're just going to let everything bounce right off them. Mm. And it was it was probably a good move. I mean, I mean, I mean, the dinner party was a little dull this week. Yeah, I mean, he did he did do quite well for him. I didn't know because Bex was sort of probing and sort of poking the bear. She as was they like say. putting the very best bait on the hook and <laughs> <laughs> repeatedly just like dangling it in front of his face and going take a bite because mm. she she was really trying to get a rise out of him. And I I fly all over the place with Bex. I mean. Net negative yep. of Beck. Yeah. But every now and again, I feel like she, you know, she kind of hits the nail on the head. Yes. And she's challenged Bryce in a way that no one else has. But she's just, she's also really looking for trouble. She's all over the shop. She's, she's an absolute stirrer. She's chaotic, something or other. Someone yeah. out there knows the right thing. So, should we just do Booker and Brett? Is there, is there, what I don't even know is there to say? I, I, I mean,. Basically, what bothered me about what happened at the dinner party with Booker and Brett, Booker had up Patrick. He he essentially threw Brett under the bus. Yes, Brett did say those things, and then mm-hmm. Patrick reworded them in a possibly not quite so nice way. But the crux of it was that Brett did say those things about Booker, and, of course, that set Booker off. Yeah. And Brett's like, you're missing the point. The point is that you really don't pay any attention to me. But it's difficult for either of them to see each other's point when it's all wrapped up in the kind of the, the, the standoff that they're having. And neither of them is gonna, going to give in, right? Yeah. And and Brett is also sort of shutting down this whole time, he right? He's not down. really expressing himself. or And the experts are sort of, you know praying behind the screen that he might step up and, you know, be a bit more open and all that. But, oh, just a bad feeling. It was actually really horrible to watch. Mm. Um, She wanted an apology from Brett and he just wouldn't give her one. And then he was like, you don't apologise. Eventually, in fact, she apologised twice. When she saw him upset, when he kind of got up and walked away and he took his glasses off and he was just like, stop, stop, Booker, just stop. Yeah. And then she was like, I will stop. I'm sorry. That's right. That was a moment. That I felt like nice that she, she did the right thing there. And then later he was like, you never apologize. And so she did apologize. And then he was like, 
thanks for that. And she was obviously hoping that he would do the same, and he didn't. And then so she just went straight back onto the defensive. It was just a disaster, and they're both like, I'm done. Mm, Marriage is ruined. Marriage is ruined. Can't really see. Ah, the experts could talk them around. Because they're both interested in, I feel like, broadly, the the experiment and psychology. Yeah, (laughs) I think they do care about each other. But, yes. like, that's the other thing is that, like, Johnny really came into his own as, like, the mediator here. Mm. When Brett went to sit with him and talk about how shit everything was, instead of going, yeah, mate, she's a dick, you know, she's being really unreasonable, he was like, do you care about her? You know, and do, you got to let her know that you care about her. And oh. he was just being very sweet. And Booker, like, obviously could hear it from the other end of the table. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know that you care about me. And he still wouldn't say it. Yeah. I think he kind of humiliated her, and I think she's quite stoic. Like, I think Brett's quite happy to show his emotion, and Booker keeps it in. And it manifests as kind of being tough. Mm -hmm. But I think she's really, really hurting. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. I also think Johnny and Kerry... Maybe should be the experts next season. Oh, my season. God. <laughs> Jump on the couch, you know. <laughs> Considering they've only been there for like a week, they're really, really good at expressing their feelings and also noticing what's going on with yeah. other people. Yeah, it would be dull, though, because they'd fix everyone and everyone would be happy and then we wouldn't have a telly show. That's true. Mm. Don't want that. Uh, we lastly finish on Bryce and um, Melissa mm. talking about, well, actually, Beck pulls Melissa aside and just... Melissa says, what does she say? Kill, kill your, your friends with kindness. Kill your friends with kindness. They don't say kindness. that. No. no. She got, did she get confused? Keep your friends close, your enemies closer. closer. And to kill someone with kindness. Kill someone with and kindness. she put them together. Anyway, that's not how it goes. But um, <laughs> Beck says that in the gym, Bryce was flirting with her when he was talking about the photo rankings. And I think that, you know, again, she's just stirring and she's kind of being like, oh, you look so beautiful. And then Liam was being really icky as well and just kind of being like, have some wine, get this. I think there's a fun side of you that's waiting that's to right. come out. And it's it just, like, there's a firecracker there or something. It, was it, just, it just felt like two older high school kids getting a, a, a turd former. <laughs> we, <laughs> we still refer to them as. I love a turd former. Um, and kind of, you know, like fake coaxing them into their into the group for their own ends, you know? Like, yeah. it was really just to get at Bryce. Um, it was also worked. weird that, like, Melissa suddenly was like, wait, when he said that he picked you first, that was flirt... Like, that hadn't occurred to her yet. That obviously, he would have been approaching her in a flirtatious yeah. way, saying, I put you first in the hot or not challenge. Yeah. That she hadn't clicked. That's probably what that interaction was like. I also think Beck just needs to realise that she's not going to... Or anything she does, all it does is kind of push them... Bryce and Melissa closer together. And that she's, you know, she just wants to get her eyes out of Bryce. She's not actually doing it to help Melissa. Mm-hmm. At this point, Melissa and Bryce gather themselves up and leave the room mm-hmm. because they don't want to get further embroiled in the drama. Incredible. It's mum. It's mum. Bryce has listened to his mum. He he won't admit it, but I reckon that's what it is. He doesn't want to get grounded when he gets home. Oh, bloody great. As a mum, love to hear it. (laughs) And that's where we leave it. It was kind of a weird week this week. I didn't love it. No, I didn't either. I I think it's when you see all the families and you get that reminder that it's like, I don't know, there's like, it's it's proper lives and it's kind of weird and a bit icky. Bryce, I just, there was one final note from Bryce where he was quite restrained, didn't get personal, didn't get upset, and then he said, she's lying through her fake teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. So I'm sure next week we'll get some more puffed up Bryce. On the scale of puffed up Bryce, that was pretty low key. Uh, My highlight of the week was definitely uh, Patrick saying, holy sex (laughs) moly. Just like a classic callback. To his original gag, <laughs> and I loved it. Sexy <laughs> I hope we see that watermelon shirt again, if you know what I mean. Well, it needs a wash first, though. Yeah, true. Hey, thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Duncan, to talk some more maths and then... Whatever else. I don't know. Real news. Real news. All the things. Cran. Can't wait. I don't want to do a long, lingering outro today. No, so I'm just... I'm just going to say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Thanks, Jonathan. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs>
podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.